It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? Uh, SOSS.com. At FFF, SOSS, Twitter, Twitch.tv slash AJ3. What's up? What's good? Hopefully everybody had a good weekend. Enjoyed some football. Uh, footy's back, so that was good. As always, um, you love when the footy's back and you got... Something in the morning to watch before college football and NFL Sunday. So we will have an NFL Week 7 recap, college football Week 8 recap, weekend soccer recap. Look at the Champions League Match Day 3 preview. Uh, Strive Pool Locks and Pick 6 recap. Not great. Not great. <laughs> Still do that. And then uh, at the end of the program, I saw Killers of the Fire Moon on Friday night. I'll give my reaction, my review at the end of the program. I'll tell you, I'll, t- I'll, I'll do all the spoilers. I'll tell you to stop listening, all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's at the end of the pod. Just real quick, um, we all make choices, and we all, you know, we live in America, a lot of us. And if you don't live in America, hopefully you have a a country that gives you freedoms to do the things you want to do, right? So I, I say that because of this. Um, I watch Healthy Debate. Healthy Debate is a great show. Shout out Rico Bosco, my guy. Um, and Dukes and Jetski and Meek Phil and, and the rest of the tech team that's behind that show. The chat is really weird sometimes. There's a lot of people, like, this, we do the scale stuff. We have fun. But, like, some guy was, like, adding me and, like, calling me my real name. Like, it's almost like he, like, AJ, your show sucks. Like, dude, <laughs> I have my name on the show. Like, <laughs> you calling me my name isn't insulting me. <laughs> And also, if I cared about the numbies, I would have stopped doing the show. I just like doing the show. The show's fun. And, like, I choose to have fun and watch a YouTube show. That guy chose to go into a YouTube show and at people in the chat and, like, try to make fun. Hey, man, God bless. God bless. That's, like, we all make choices. That guy chose to go into the chat and say, I'm going to pick this guy to make fun. Hey, man. It's not about the numbies. It's about, like, having fun, having a creative outlet, you know, getting takes off. <laughs> like, does that make you feel better about yourself? I wonder that. I don't know. Hey, man. God bless. Hey, and if you're listening, hey, man, you got a shout-out in the, in the beginning of the show before we even kicked anything off. So there you go. There's your little shout-out. Like, insane behavior, though. Like, very weird. Like, like, adding me and then saying my name, like, it's not in the beginning of the show or I don't, like, I hide that I do this. So weird. Like, another, it's another guy with, like, seven burner accounts. God bless, man. Like, that's another thing. Like, if you have seven burner accounts, if you have accounts that don't represent yourself, you're probably doing things that you shouldn't do. Right? I don't know. But, hey. You got you got me to talk about you, so there you go. Healthy debate. All right, <laughs> so let's we'll do NFL Week Seven recap because uh, I got more about that w- with the with the movie stuff at the end. Because I-, I won't ruin anything about the movie right now, but the movie going experience. Oh my god! Maybe because I, I went opening night, but uh, people cannot act in public, so we'll do that at the end of the show. All right. Um. But no real kickoff because plenty of games to recap, so we'll just get right into it with our NFL Week 7 recap. Carolina, Cincinnati, Dallas, Houston, the New York Football Jets, and the Tennessee Titans on the bye in this Week 7. Thursday night, we got started with Jacksonville, New Orleans. I thought it was going to be low scoring. It was not. Jacksonville at 31-24. They went right down the field. It ended in an ATN touchdown, so they're up 7 nothing. The Saints moved it, but a groupie missed field goal gave them no points at the end of their drive. Lawrence hit Kirk, but he fumbles. The Saints end up punting the ensuing possession, but it's muffed, so they continue the drive in the red zone. Groupie makes a field goal that time, so they're on the board 7-3. Another good Jags drive. Seven plays capped off with another ETN touchdown, so they're up 14-3. Saints end up turning it over on downs. They had fourth and two at the Jag 44. They get it back. Carter Kamara a couple times to get the Saints into field goal range, and Groupie makes a second one. Uh, Two-minute drill for the Jags here under the half. They fake a punt on a fourth down to convert. 
Lawrence gets picked off, but he gets overturned. It all ends up leading to a McManus field goal. So the lead is 17-6 with a half ending shortly after. Saints open up the third quarter with a third groupie field goal. Carr then gets a pass tipped, pick six off that deflection. So it's 24-9 Jacksonville. Saints go 16 plays, finally get into the end zone. On a fourth and goal, Taysom Hill run. So it's 24-16. Jags end up turning it over on downs. They had fourth and inches at the same 47. Like, you punt it deep and play defense, right? No, he goes for it. Two chunk plays for the Saints. They score on the third chunk play. Carter Thomas touchdown. Two-point plays good. So it's 24 up. Then Lawrence to Kirk. Long catch and run. He ran away from everybody up the sideline. Jacksonville back in front of 31-24. And the Saints on the move late in the game. They get it to goal to go. Big drop on third down would have been a touchdown. And then fourth and goal is incomplete. That seals it for the Jags who get a Thursday night win on the road to open up week seven. We go to Sunday's games, Cleveland, Indianapolis. This turned out to be a wild game. Browns went at 39-38. Watson was back, but not really for long. Ford gets the Browns on the board early with a long touchdown run. Free play for the Colts. Minshew to Downs. Another long touchdown, so we're tied at seven. Watson got picked off. Colts get into the end zone again on a little Minshew uh, quarterback read, uh, you know, which you don't really see him running it, but he ran it anyway. You can see Richardson running it, but not Minshew, but Minshew runs it into the end zone. Colts back in front, or Colts in front for the first time, 14-7. Watson then picked. It's overturned, but he gets hurt. So P.J. Walker comes back in. Minshew fumbles. It sets up a hunt touchdown, so it's 14 up. Mac A. Field gets blocked by Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett then decided that he's going to change the game, you know, entirely. Um, that Minshew fumble was caused by him. The block field goal was caused by him. Browns up going in front with a Hopkins field goal, 17-14, but the Colts answer. Minshew to Downs, big play. That set up another Minshew rushing touchdown, so it's 21-7. Colts back in front. Then Minshew stripped in the end zone. It was Garrett. Browns recover. Touchdown. They're back in front. 24-21. Hopkins field goal increases the Cleveland lead to six. And that ended the half. Browns in front. 27-21. Minshew got picked off. Led to another Hopkins field goal. So the lead is nine. Minshew to Downs. Big play. Then he hits Taylor for another big play. And Taylor punches it in. They go for one. Which makes sense. You don't need to go for two there. So it's a two-point Browns lead. Browns end up going for a fourth and two at the Indy 41. They turn it over on downs. Colts go in front. Minshew to Pierce. Big play sets up a gay field goal. So it's Colts 31-30. Walker gets picked off on a deep ball. Browns get it back. They take the lead on a Hopkins 58-yarder. Minshew to Pittman 75-yard touchdown. So Colts back in front, 38-33. Walker to Moore for 30. Walker to Peoples-Jones, another chunk play. Walker hit as he throws. Colts recover, but it comes back on illegal contact. Then they get a DPI in the end zone. That sets up goal to go in a hunt touchdown. Puts them in front. Two-point play, no good. So they're only up one. Colts just need a field goal, but Minshew fumbles, and that seals it for the Browns. An outstanding effort from Miles Garrett and that Browns defense, even though they gave up 38 points, it was still a sensational day for the Cleveland Browns. Their quarterback comes back. He leaves the game. They still find a way to win it. Buffalo, New England, Pats win it 29-25. This is a weird loss for the Bills. This is a, a loss the Bills are going to definitely want to have back. They didn't start the game well, but they gave themselves a lead at the end of the game, and you expect your team to get one stop against Mac Jones. They didn't, so... Uh, Pats got on the board first. Mack to Farrow Brown, a big play, set up a Ryland field goal. Allen then got picked off the first offensive play for the Bills. That drive ended up in an Ezekiel Elliott touchdown, so the Pats in front 10-0. Bills score a touchdown, but it gets called back on OPI. A Bass field goal gets them on the board, so it's 10-3. Uh, Ryland field goal restores the 10-point lead, 13-3 Pats. Bass misses a field goal half and shortly after, so we come out of the break into the third quarter. Bills get a good drive going. Allen Cook, touchdown. Cut the lead to three. Pat stall for another Ryland field goal, so it's 16-10. Bills have fourth and two at the New England 33. Allen incomplete, so it's a turnover on downs. They didn't want to cut it to three uh, because Bassett just missed previously. Uh, Pat's moving it again. Mack to Bourne, touchdown. Two-point play, no good, so it's 22-10. Still within striking distance for the Bills, and they 
make it closer with a roughing the passer, moves them into the Pats' end, then Allen to Diggs, touchdown. Cut the lead to five. Mack to Bourne complete, but he fumbles. Bills take over the New England 29. Allen touchdown, two-point play, good. Bills in front, 25-22. But they left too much time for Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. Max to Stevenson for 34. Max to Hunter Henry to convert a third down. Then he throws to Kaseki in the end zone. Touchdown. Pats in front, 29-25. They only need a field goal to tie. They get the touchdown to go ahead for. And then the last play. It looks like Josh is ready to hurl it, but then he just keeps running, and then he's like, oh, I'm past the line of scrimmage. I can't run. And then he tries to flip it back, but he fumbles. So that sealed it for the Patriots. It's a good win for the Patriots, but they're not going anywhere. So why would you win this? I don't know. Um, you know, looking at the end of the season, you can say, why did we win that game against Buffalo? What the hell are we doing? But, um, hey, 2-6. and six. We've seen a lot of stranger things happen in the league, but can 2-6 and six make the Probably not. I don't know. That's a bad loss for the Bills. Josh Allen did not play well, and I like Josh Allen. I think he's a good player, but God forbid Dak Prescott play a game like that. He would get absolutely crucified. I don't really see Josh Allen getting crucified. I don't know. That's just me. All right, Vegas in Chicago. Raiders, Bears. Bears went at 30-12. to 12. It was Hoyer for his baguette. He's bad. So is Hoyer. Both these teams are bad. Bears win at 30-12. to 12. Raiders on the move, but Carlson missed field goal. Keeps it nothing, nothing. Bears go down the field. A Foreman touchdown makes it 7 nothing. Hoyer gets picked off. Bears set up in the Raiders end. Another Foreman touchdown makes it 14 nothing. Raiders finally on the board with a Carlson field goal. Half end, same score, 14-3. Bears in front. Another long drive for the Bears. 15 plays. Badgett, Foreman, touchdown. His first career passing touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Raiders didn't score a touchdown, but it gets overturned. Another Carlson field goal instead. So it's 20-6. Bears get a Santos field goal to restore the lead to 24-6. That lead that they had before. Hoyer throws a pick six. Extra point block, so it's 36. Then O'Connell comes in. He gets picked off, but then he throws a touchdown to Jacoby Myers. Two-point play, no good. So that's how the Bears win at 30-12. Bears are bad. Raiders are bad. That's a bad football game. Another bad football game. Commanders, Giants. Neither team can really block well. Uh, Howell's going to set the league record for sacks. That line is going to get him killed. You can't even say if he's good or not because he has no time to throw the ball. And the Giants did a better job protecting Taylor. Um, but you got to think when Jones comes back, what's going to happen when he comes back. So uh, Giants, they got on the board. They won the game 14-7. They got a good drive going, but they couldn't finish it with points after Gano misses a field goal in those Meadowlands wins. Taylor then chunk plays to... Robinson, Slayton, and Waller set up a touchdown. Taylor to Waller. Giants on the board. A touchdown, an offensive touchdown at home in the first half. Everybody's going crazy at MetLife. 7-0 G-Men. Howell gets picked off. Giants take over just across the 50. Taylor to Waller. Then Taylor to Barkley on the check down. That goes for a touchdown. Giants 14-0. Commies punt. Giants fumble. Commies set up outside the red zone. It's a Brian Robinson touchdown, so they cut the lead to 7 Sly field goal to make it 14-10 gets tipped. No good. Giants going in to seal it, but Barkley fumbles. So here come the commanders. Fourth and one of the Giants 18. Howell and McLaurin to keep the drive alive. And then fourth and five. Howell incomplete. They turn it over on downs. And that's all she wrote. The G-Men get a win at home. They beat the commanders. And that's a bad loss for the commanders, to be fair. Uh, but, hey, credit the Giants. Atlanta, Tampa Bay. Listen, Tampa Bay... Was lucky to be in this game. Atlanta should have hammered them. The fact that Bijan Robinson was sick and, and dressed is a joke. Um, that's got to be a compliance thing. Like you're not supposed to dress if you're not going to be like playing and you're a star player. Like that's they got to look at something like that. Anyway, to the game, Atlanta wins at 16-13. The fact that again the Bucks were in this game is insane to me because of the turnovers and the and the miscues that the Falcons had to keep the Bucks in the game. Anyway, Bucks on the move, fourth and five at the Atlanta 41. They turn it over on downs. Falcons get on the board first with a Desmond Ritter touchdown. Then bake to Evans deep shot touchdown. So we're tied at seven. Falcons go back in front with a coup field goal and the Bucks stall and answer with the McLaughlin field goal. So we're at 10-10. Falcons driving again. Third and goal at the 11. Ritter sacked fumble. So no points there. Half end same score. Knotted at 10 going to the break. 
Bucks on the move. Fake to Tompkins. He fumbles. First and goal at the one for the Falcons. They fumble. Bucks recover. Uh, so they get no points there. Falcons end up going back in front with a coup field goal. So it's 13-10. Falcons get a goal to go. Ritter touchdown. It gets reversed to a touchback because the ball got swatted out and he did not cross the plane with possession. Bake gets picked off, but the Bucks get it back. Bake long scramble, then a DPI. They can't get into the end zone to take the lead, so they tie the game with a golf and field goal. So the Falcons get it back. 45 seconds left. Ritter to Pitts, big play, set up a coup, 51-yard field goal that he buries. Falcons win at 16-13. Again, Bucks very fortunate to be in this one. Falcons should have won this game going away instead of came down to Koo's leg, and he made it. Give him credit. All right, one of the games of the week that did not turn out to be a game of the week. Detroit went to Baltimore, and they got absolutely crushed. Ravens win at 38-6. Give Baltimore credit. Played a really good game, um, but it's kind of what I've said about a lot of Baltimore wins. They come out in the first quarter. They score three times in their first three drives, and they don't have to alter their game plan at all, and they just win going away. Like There's been a few times where they've jumped out in the Miami game most notably of last year but they've jumped out big and, and had comebacks happen against them it wasn't happening again for for this it wasn't happening for the Lions in this game um, but give the Ravens credit give them credit uh, Lamar hit Flowers for a big play then fourth and two they go for it Lamar scores on the keeper so I was like come on Lions you give up a fourth and two touchdown one thing to give up a conversion but give up a touchdown on fourth down is ridiculous and then Lamar hits Bateman twice for chunk plays, and he hits Aguilar for a touchdown. Then they get it back. Beckham, Flowers, Richard, uh, chunk plays. Then he hits Andrews for a touchdown, so it's 21-0. Then they get it back again. Edwards, big run. Hill, big run. Lamar, Andrews for 22. Edwards punches in, 28-0. Lions have 4th and 8 to Baltimore, 48. Goff, incomplete, so it's a turnover on downs. Ravens on the move again. Third down stop. But a roughing the call, roughing the passer call continues to drive until Lamar fumbles half end, same score, twenty eight nothing. So the Lions are driving it. They're fourth and goal early in the second half, but they turn it over on downs. Then Lamar to Edwards for eighty one. Then he goes back to Andrews for a touchdown. So it's thirty five nothing. Goff fourth and one gets picked on a deep ball. They get in the end zone on a Gibbs touchdown, but then they don't. They go for two and don't get it. And Tucker field goal made it thirty eight six. So hey, give the Ravens credit. Lions did not start the game well at all, couldn't get off the field, and offensively, they couldn't get anything going. So a very, very poor showing from the Lions in a game where you thought that they would come out and show you something, they didn't show you anything. And I got to give the Ravens and Lamar credit. Got to give them credit. All right, 4 o'clock games, Arizona-Seattle. Seattle wins at 20-10. to Geno to lock it, a big play set up. Geno to Smith and Jigba, his first NFL touchdown, so the Seahawks in front 7 nothing. Cardinals punt, but Dallas muffs it for Seattle. Cardinals end up recovering it, at least to a Prater field goal. So they're on the board. They trail 7-3. But they go in front. Dobbs throws a pick. It comes back on a flag. It all leads to a Dobbs touchdown. Cardinals in front, 10-7. Geno completions to Smith and Jigba and Lockett. That set up Geno to Bobo. A touchdown that I don't know how his foot's not out of bounds. What a catch. Good throw from Geno, but what a catch by Bobo. He's a great, great young player in this league. So Seattle back in front of 14-10. Cardinals turn over on downs to end the half. They kind of just chucked it out of bounds, so I don't know if that really counts. Seahawks open up the third quarter with the Myers field goal, so they're up a touchdown. Next Seahawks possession, Geno picked off. Seattle possession after that, a bad snap. That sets up a Cardinals field goal, but Prater misses it, so it nets them nothing. Next time the Cardinals get the ball, they got 4th and 9 in midfield. They turn over on downs. Myers' field goal makes it a 10-point game for some insurance. And then the Cardinals turn over on downs to seal it again. Pittsburgh and L.A. at SoFi. Give the Steelers a bunch of credit. They win this game 24-17. Rams on the move early, but a Maher missed field goal. Nets them nothing to start the game. Steelers get on the board first with a Boswell field goal. Then Rams end up tying it with Maher's make. So it's 3-3. Rams into the end zone on a Stafford to Atwell touchdown. They missed the extra point half inch shortly after, so it's 9-3 Rams at the break. Stafford gets picked off first play of the third quarter. Steelers set up in the Rams end. It ends in a picket touchdown, so Pittsburgh back in front 10-9. Stafford to Nakua twice for chunk plays. Stafford dumps it off to Henderson, who wasn't on the team, I think, two weeks ago. 
He's into the end zone for a touchdown. Two-point play good. Rams in front by a touchdown, 17-10. They get it back. They're driving it again, but Maher misses a field goal that would have increased the lead to 10. Pick it to Deontay Johnson. Big play. It ends in a Warren touchdown. We're tied at 17. Steelers get it back. Pick it to Pickens. Big play. Najee Harris. Touchdown gives the Steelers the lead. So it's 24-17. Rams end up punting it. That's big. They're out of timeouts. Fourth and short. They run the tush, the push play. I'm not going to say push. They run the push play with Pickett. He's short. It's the Rams ball. They're taking over. You know, two and change left here. Um, Stafford has a chance to tie the, all this kind of stuff, right? No. They rule it a first down. And the Rams can't challenge because it's outside of the two-minute warning. And when they get back from the two-minute warning, all Pittsburgh has to do is kneel the ball out. And they do. So the Steelers win it on the road. Hey, give them credit. Um, Tomlin's a hell of a coach. It's never easy to win on the road in this league. That was a hell of a win. Hell of a win for Mike Tomlin's Pittsburgh Steelers. Green Bay and Denver. Denver wins at 19-17. Green Bay is not good, guys. This is not a good football team. Um, Love shows you some signs, but then there's a lot of guys that aren't really helping him out. And defensively, you thought they would be a lot better. They're not better on defense. You thought they'd be better. They're not. So Broncos win at 19-17. They got on the board first. Russ to Sutton set up a Lutz field goal. They scored a touchdown, but it came back on a hold, so it was 3-0. Broncos then got another field goal, so it's 6-0. Packers drive stalls. Carlson misses a field goal, so that kept them scoreless. Russ to Jerry, Judy, Chuck play. Russ scrambles, sets up another Lutz field goal, so it's 9-0 at the break. Packers open up the third quarter with the Carlson field goal. Broncos get into the end zone, Wilson to Sutton, so it's 16-3. Packers finally get it going. A love to Dobbs touchdown brings them within six. Packers get it back, convert a short fourth down. Then they're faced with a fourth and two. Love throws it off Dobbs' hands into Reed's hands for a touchdown. Packers go up 17-16, and you're almost like, okay, they're going to win the game now. They shouldn't win the game, but they're going to win the game, right? Well, they're up 17-16, then Russ hits Judy for 16 to get into field goal range. Lutz field goal gives them the lead 19-17. Love gets picked off, and then Russ kind of just throws it out of bounds as time expires so the Packers don't end up getting the ball back. Listen, Denver's not a good football team at all in the slightest. And I like Sean Payton a lot, but they're not a good football team. And neither really are the Packers right now. Packers have some talent. I'm not I'm not necessarily out on Jordan Love. I don't want to say that. It's still too early to call. But he's they're digging themselves these first half holes that they gotta rescue themselves out of the second half, and it just they either run out of time or score and then they give up a score. So it's not good football. It's not complimentary football. Chargers, Chiefs. Chiefs win a 31-17. Chiefs open up the scoring with a Bucker field goal. The Chargers answer with a Dicker field goal to tie it. Then we get the touchdowns going. Mahomes, Savaldez, Scanling, long touchdown. Kelly, a long touchdown run for the Chargers, made it 10-10. Mahomes to Kelsey, huge play, set up a Mahomes to Rice touchdown. And then Herbert to Palmer, big play, set up a Herbert to Everett touchdown. So we're knotted at 17. Mahomes gets picked off. Chiefs get it back. Mahomes to Rice, big play. He hits Valdez Scantling for another chunk play. DPI in the end zone, sets up goal to go at the ones. Mahomes, Kelsey, touchdown, 24-17. So he had a bunch of touchdowns there, right? 24-17. First possession of third quarter, Mahomes to Bell, he fumbles. Herbert pass, tip, then pick. Then we had six punts in a row, folks. Six punts in a row. Hardman, big punt return, sets the Chiefs up. Pacheco fumbles, but he was ruled down, so it's not charger ball. It's Chief ball. And then Mahomes to Pacheco. Touchdown. Chiefs increase the lead to 31-17. Herbert picked off again to seal it. It's a weird... The, these two teams, the offenses are outstanding and they can score from almost anywhere. And then there's quarters where they don't score touchdowns. Like that game should have never even thought about pushing, let alone going under, and it pushed. Like that's a joke. It's a joke. But hey, give the Chiefs some credit. Win the game at home. Chargers, again, struggle to win a big game. All right, Sunday night, Miami and Philadelphia. Philly wins at 31-17. Uh, 
Uh, Eagles stall on the opening drive, but an Elliott field goal gets them on the board. Then Hurts fumbles. Dolphins recover. A Tua to Tyreek Hill touchdown pass came back on a hold that leads to a Sanders field goal, so we're tied at three. Eagles next drive, fourth and one. Guess what? The sneak play keeps the drive alive. It ends. It leads to a Hurts to Goddard touchdown, so they're up 10-3. Eagles get it back, fourth and four. Hurts to Brown. Rule the touchdown, then overturned down at the one. So what play's coming at the one-yard line? A Hurts sneak. Eagles up 17-3. Dolphins need a score. Two to Wilson to convert a third and 18. Two to Hill touchdown. What a throw that was. 17-10. Half end shortly after. Third and three for the Dolphins as they're driving. Two to Hill. He hits him in stride, but Tyree can't catch it. He was kind of focused on scoring before catching it because he probably would have scored. He doesn't. Then fourth and three to a deep shot. One of the more egregious no calls you'll ever see. But it was a ball to the line moment because the next Hurts play, his pass gets tipped for an interception. So it's 17-7, all things right at that moment. Then Hurts to Smith, a big play. Hurts to Brown, touchdown. Eagles back in front, 24-17. Dolphins going in. And another call where if Darius Slay isn't undercutting the ball, the linebacker is obviously interfering with the intended receiver in his right to get back towards the ball. It would be P.I. 100 out of 100 times because Darius Slay picks it off. They're not focused on that. Again, I, I could sit here and be like, Asia, or you can sit there and be like, Asia, you're just complaining because you don't like the Eagles. And Yeah, I don't like the Eagles, but I, I would call it both ways. The fact that the Eagles didn't have any penalties is insane. They hold a lot on the offensive line. They get away with a lot on the offensive line. They get away with the shove play where they're lined up offside. They don't need to get away with more calls. You can't. The The roughing call was was horrendous. That was, that was a disgrace, the roughing the passer call. The interception with two, the no call was horrendous. And I get it. Another fourth down sneak for Hurts. Another fourth down sneak for Hurts. And then he throws the ball to Brown for goal to go. Gainwell punches it in. 31-17. Like, Dolphins end up turning it over on downs. And I... I don't know. It just it just rubs you the wrong way when the referees are like, "Yeah, we're gonna decide the game. We're gonna throw a lot of flags, but we're not gonna. We're just gonna throw them on one team because that's just not how it works." I'm sorry. So that's just. You be oh, you're crying about the refs. You said don't cry about the refs. It doesn't come down to one play. You're right. It doesn't come down to one play. I'm highlighting multiple plays. Multiple plays. You can't tell me that the guards aren't lined up in the neutral zone every time they they do the sneak play. So I don't want to hear it. Credit the Eagles. They they won the game. I don't think they won it fair and square, but they won the game. Dolphins played tough. Didn't really get it going on the ground early on. Uh, dug themselves a hole, but I don't know. I guess you got to give the Eagles credit. All right, so that was Sunday night. Let's go to Monday night. Vikings hosted the Niners, and Minnesota wins it 22-17. No Debo, no Trent Williams for the Niners, but McCaffrey was active. Cousins to Addison early on, but Ward rips it away for a pick. It was a crazy play. Remember that for later. Niners going in, but McCaffrey fumbles. So a couple drives, a couple turnovers. Third and 12, Cousins to Hawkinson. That converts uh, that third down. Then another trunk play to Hawkinson. Cousins, Addison, touchdown, 7-0 Vikings. Purdy to Jennings, chunk play. Purdy scramble. The drive ends in a moody missed field goal. So the Niners aren't on the board yet. Cousins to Hawkinson, first down. Cousins to Akers, that set up goal to goal. They stall for a Joseph field goal there, 10-0. Then Purdy hit Ayuk for a big play. McCaffrey, touchdown run. Minnesota lead cut to 10-7. Cousins, throws and this time Addison rips it away from Ward and he runs it in for a touchdown so uh, that was pretty crazy the play early in the game Ward rips it away from Addison then Addison rips it away from Ward for a touchdown this time missed extra point 16-7 the Minnesota lead half ends shortly after that Vikings go down the field second half action Cousins completion to Addison and Powell DPI sets up a goal to go but they stall again they only had another Joseph field goal so it's 19-7 to Purdy to Kittle, big play. Then a McCaffrey touchdown. Minnesota Lee cuts to 19-14. Cousins to Powell. Then he hits Hawkinson. Joseph, very long field. I think 54 yards. He makes it. Lead. 
eight, 22 to 14. Niners into field goal range. They elect to kick a field goal. So it's Vikings 22, 17. Then Purdy, they're on the move. He gets picked off. Cousins to Addison, a big third down conversion. And then they're faced with the dilemma. Out of the two-minute warning, the Niners have no timeouts. And a third and 10, they elect to run it, to run the clock and kick a field goal, which Joseph ends up missing. Okay. So now the Niners take over at their own 40-yard line. There's no timeouts, yes, but it's 111 to go. It's plenty of time to get 60 yards into the end zone. They get on the move, but then Purdy floats one over the middle. It's picked off. That seals it, and Minnesota wins one at home. They hit their second one on the year. The Niners lose back-to-back weeks. That's a loss in Cleveland on a game where they lost on the last second missed field goal. That, to be honest, they shouldn't have played better in. Uh, not been in that position for that missed field goal, but they still had an opportunity to win the game. They missed the field goal. And then this week, they dig themselves a hole with some turnovers early. And then late, they have an opportunity down 22-17. He throws a pick, and then they get it back after a missed field goal, and he throws another pick. So uh, I think Purdy's done a really, really good job. He didn't have a lot of expectations, but he has won the job, and he is the bona fide starter. So... You know, he did, he has not played great in these last two games. Like, yes, the game before against Cleveland, he got them down the field for that field goal attempt, sure, but he didn't play great. And tonight, I understand he doesn't have his best weapon and arguably his best lineman and one of the best linemen in the league. So I understand where he's coming from there with the injury stuff, but everybody's got injuries. So um, Minnesota's the first to tell you that the best one of the best players in the league is hurt for them, right, in Jefferson. So... Hey, it's a hell of a win for Minnesota. I didn't think they would win the game. Niners did not play well. I think that's obvious. And it just shows that they are vulnerable. We know the Eagles are vulnerable. We know the Cowboys are vulnerable. We know the Lions are vulnerable. The NFC, yes, I still think the Niners and the Eagles, and then it's the Cowboys, and then it's the Lions. But those four teams are certainly beatable. And we've seen in the AFC, there's a lot of beatable teams as well, even though Kansas City is really good. Um, they can still get beat. Miami and Buffalo got beat. Um, the, <laughs> the North is, yeah, the Ravens are good, but they can get beat, okay? In the South, I mean, <laughs> Jags are good, but they're beatable as well. So a lot of beatable teams in this league. That's why any given Sunday, that's why, you know, even though it is a Monday night, but home team, big crowd, big energy, you make some plays, you score enough points, you win a game. Your defense makes a couple plays, they get a couple turnovers, and you take advantage and win a football game. So give credit to Minnesota, even though I didn't think they would win the game, they won the game. So there you go. Vikings win it on Monday night. All right, from the pros to the student-athletes, college football week eight recap. Number seven, Penn State. Number three, Ohio State. What a dud this was. This is an embarrassment of a game. Ohio State wins it 20-17. Uh, I'm just going to talk about James Franklin for a minute. This guy... I I really I want to say he's a good football, but he is. He thinks he's in another level. He thinks his team's in another level. He thinks his university and program are in another level. They're not. They're not because it's one thing to beat up on the Rutgers and the Indianas and the even Michigan States, right? But then they play Michigan, they play Ohio State, and they don't even look like they belong. They really don't. I understand you'd be like, well, it wasn't even that bad of a game. No. If Ohio State connected on the things they wanted, they, they would have blown the doors off Penn State. They didn't belong on the field with them. Okay? Now, I know they trade field goals early, and Ohio State's going in. The scoop and score the other way could have changed the game. Yeah, you're right. It could have. It could have. But it came back on a hold. It was the right call. It was the right call. Um, they get the touchdown. Penn State answered the field goal. Second half, they have that goal line stand in the Penn State defense, but they fumble it right back. And you're like, Ugh. you make a big play, and then you give it right away. That's just not going to happen. Um, McCord throws a touchdown pass to Harrison, and Penn State gets the late score and try to get the onside. Listen, Alaire showed you that when he steps up in competition, he's not ready. That's a tough game. Of course, going to the shoe, everybody knows that. It's a tough game. Uh, but he wasn't ready. And McCord didn't really wow me either in a big spot. For the second kind of big game he's been in, the Notre Dame game, I don't think he wowed me at all. This game, I don't think he wowed me at all. Um, some okay throws. Some, like, 
Some, but sometimes he's just, I'm throwing it to Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't care what the coverage is. I don't care how he gets off the ball. I don't care. Is really like, I'm throwing it to him. And you're just like, hey, man, I used to do that at Madden. And like, you have like a 98 receiver. You're like, I'm just going to throw it to him. I'm going to throw it to him. It doesn't matter. He's going to catch it. I'm going to use the Y button, user catch. It does, like, it doesn't work like that. Like, humans, humans are playing the games. Okay. And again, Ohio State didn't impress me. But they beat Penn State. And Penn State, again, just showed me that they are frauds. They are. They are. Uh, Tennessee against Bama. Bama's, Bama wins at 34-20. to 20. It was an all-Tennessee first half, basically, 20-7. to 7, But then it was an all-Bama second half, 27-0. The adjustments made at halftime defensively to um, not allow Milton to get going with the arm or his legs. Milrow and the offense really did a better job of running the football, and the offensive line did a better job of, of asserting itself and protecting Milrow when he was trying to throw it. So give Bama credit. Didn't look good for 30 minutes, and comes out and has a really strong 30 minutes after the halftime break. Duke and Florida State. Listen, Duke is going to be killing themselves. Over the games they lost against Notre Dame and this game against FSU, this could have been a very, very, very – it's already a special season. They beat Clemson on that opening night. But it, it could have been the next level special if they found ways to win these games because um, they're up 20 to 17 at the end of the third quarter. And I know they're on the road, but I like Elko. It's really unfortunate that Leonard had to come out of the game. That changed the game for me because I think they could still win it with him. But once he comes out, it's going to be very tough. Travis played better in that fourth quarter. He, he ran one in. He threw a touchdown pass. And then he had another good drive. up another rushing touchdown. So, Florida State wins at 38-20. They're going to they're gonna be sick. Duke's going to be sick about this one. Utah and USC. Did I pick you? I don't remember. But I, I'll tell you what. I, I think Utah was going to be in this football game. And they end up winning at 34-32. It was 14 up after the first and a scoreless second quarter. Gave us the same score at the break. Utah scored two touchdowns in the third quarter. A USC field goal cut the lead to 11. They finally get a lead on a Caleb Williams touchdown with 146 left. But a Becker field goal wins it for the Utes as time expires. What a win for the Utah Utes. Kyle Whittingham and USC back-to-back weeks now in big spots losing the games. So a lot of people calling Lincoln Riley a fraud. I, I, you can't really necessarily disagree. All right, Michigan beat Michigan State 49-0. McCarthy, four touchdowns. The thing of note out of this game was that Michigan State put um, a certain uh, Austrian-born German chancellor from the 30s and 40s on the scoreboard. Really bad guy, if you know your history. The Adolf Hitler fella. Yeah, they put him on the scoreboard and used him as a trivia answer. What the hell are you doing? What are you doing? Like, let alone normally. But we're in a very, very trying time for a lot of people of the Jewish faith. What the hell are you guys doing over there? East Lansing morons. Anyway, Michigan wins at 49-0. The Michigan cheating thing, um, why I'm not, like, harping on them, I, I don't really care. I don't really care. If you're If you're dumb enough not to change your signals and audibles... If you're a really elite team and you're that stupid, you deserve to get your signal stolen. Now, you're, Asia, you were up in arms about the Astros. That's different. That's in real time stealing the signs, using the technology. Going to games ahead of time and being like, okay, that's their signal for a screen, and then not changing it three weeks later and you being like, a screen's coming, that's gamesmanship to me. Now, you'd be like, well, it's cheating because it's against the rules. You're not supposed to send scouts because not all schools going to... Okay, N- now you're losing me a little bit. But I, I don't really care. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't really care. And Ohio State's cheated forever, so I don't want to hear it. There you go. Arizona State, Washington. Washington was in a scare late night, folks. I was trying to stay up for every snap of this one. I think I fell asleep in the fourth quarter when they took the lead, but they went at 15-7. Arizona State scored a... Touchdown first, but slowly and surely, Washington took over the game. Three field goals and a pick six. So they didn't even score an offensive touchdown. Pretty crazy. 
after coming off dropping 36 on Oregon. Uh, UCF Oklahoma was an exciting game. Oklahoma was a 31-29 game. Was tied 17 up. Two UCF field goals in the third quarter gave them a six-point lead. Two Oklahoma touchdowns put them back in front. UCF scored a touchdown, but they didn't get the two-point play to tie it late. That's how Oklahoma survived. Texas also surviving. They took on Houston. They went at 31-24. UT had a 21-0 lead. Houston, three straight touchdowns to tie it. They trade field goals to make it 24 up, and then Baxter put Texas up for good. A touchdown run, and their defense got a stop to steal it. War, uh, Oregon beat Wazoo 38-24. Big third quarter, put the game out of reach for the Ducks. Late score made it closer for Wazoo, made it a little more respectable, but it was a difference in score for sure. Virginia, go to Chapel Hill. They beat UNC. What a game for Tony Elliott and his quarterback, Musket. 31-27. UNC field goal gave them a 17-14 lead at the half. UVA gets the game tied um, with a 10-3 third quarter. UNC field goal gave them the lead in the fourth quarter back, but a musket to Washington touchdown put UVA up in front, 31-27, and they got a big stop when they needed it. What a win. Bad loss for UNC. Bad loss for UNC for sure. Because, you know, if it plays out and they beat FSU and they're undefeated as the ACC champ, like, they'd have a playoff case for sure. Ole Miss beats Auburn 28-21. Nothing really exciting there. Army got stomped by LSU. Very disgusting display by Brian Kelly to disrespect the troops like that. Uh, Daniels, three touchdowns in a 62-0 round. Mizzou beat South Carolina 34-12. Air Force beat Navy 17-6. Minnesota knocks off Iowa 12-10. Pum return touchdown gets negated after the fair catch call. This is tough. This is tough because... You know, you're not supposed to have a signal for Peter, for get away from the, you know, Peter, 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 the, the call of get away, from, whether it's fire, Peter, uh, a lot of words can be said for that, whatever your team's code is. But if anything, it's an incomplete sign with both hands. He was kind of just moving one hand. I can understand the ref saying it is a fair catch sign. And then when he takes off, it's an illegal fair. Like, I get it. I get it from both sides, and it kind of just seems like what was the call? I, I know the Iowa kid is saying Peter to get away from it, the ball, but the signal he made is just not the right one to do in that moment, I guess. So it's tough. I feel for the Iowa fans. But listen, like, again, it comes down to you scored 10 points at home. Come on. So, like, yes, we can huff and puff about – Fair catch, and Iowa got screwed. They should have had a touchdown. Sure, y y you could be right about that. You also scored 10 points at home. That's a disgrace. You, you, can't, you can't sit there and be like, yeah, I deserve to win the game. Yeah, we, we deserve to win the game. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, we deserve to win. Now, I understand you only gave up 12, but 12 is more than 10. So you didn't necessarily deserve to win the game, is my point. Okay, Iowa fans, I'm sorry. Don't get mad at me, flyover country. Sorry, that was mean. That was mean. See, I apologize for that one. I love the people in the middle of the country, heart and soul of this country, the Midwest. Everybody's nice. We all know that. Right? All right, North Texas, Tulane. Tulane wins at 35-28. Exciting game there. And UCLA beats up on Stanford, 42-7. Garber's in for Chip Kelly to be the quarterback. He throws two touchdowns. Steele ran 4-3. All right, from... Student-athletes to across the pond. Weekend soccer recap in the EPL. Started with Liverpool, Everton, Merseyside, Derby. And I think this was like the first time in like six years a player against Liverpool got sent off for two yellow card offenses. And there are two yellow card offenses clear as day. I don't want to hear anyone complaining about it. Now, if people want to say that Kanate should have been sent off as well, listen, sometimes you get calls. I've been the first to say that. Sometimes you get calls. Personally, I don't think he should have been sent off because they're looking to go down. I don't think Diaz was looking to go down against Ashley Young. The guy took out his leg, and it is a yellow card, and he should know better, right? So the Kanate, I can understand Everton fans being now where they're like, there should be a replay. That's a false equivalency. That's a strong – I'm not even going to attempt to combat that because I don't have to, okay? If you're like, it should be a replay, you don't understand what Liverpool are complaining about then. You really don't, fundamentally, and that's okay, but you don't get it. So anyway, Liverpool are up a man, second half. 
uh, handball. And listen, people can say proximity, all that kind of stuff. You can't have your hand where he had his hand. You can't. I'm sorry. That's a handball. I've seen it given a million times. They've defined that as a handball. Going forward, that's a handball. So it is what it is, okay? Proximity is about kind of like deflections. Like if your arm's out and they kick the ball at your arm, that's a handball. That's a heady play by the player. You're dumb for keeping your arm out. You deserve to get punished. So solid conversion penalty. Then um, corner, Liverpool get going. Good pass from McAllister, plays Nunez out. Nunez sets up solid for the second. Liverpool win it 2-0 over Everton. Forrest Luton finished 2-2. A Chris Wood brace gave Forrest a 2-0 lead, but Benny got one back, and then Adebayo, stoppage time equalizer for Luton Town, split the points at the city ground. Big draw for Luton. Newcastle beat up on Crystal Palace 4-0. Murphy, his first goal. Anthony Gordon scored. Longstaff out of the midfield, and Callum Wilson scored as well. 4-0 Newcastle. City Brighton, good game at the Etsy had. Alvarez and Holland made it 2 Nil. Fati brought one back, and then Man City got a player sent off on two yellow cards, a kanji. And tell you what, it's good to see Man City players get sent off for two yellow cards because for the longest time, Rodri, Fernandinho, those guys would just get yellow cards in the middle of the park and then never get sent off again, even though they would commit the same fouls over and over again. All right, uh, good one for City. Brentford beat Burnley 3 0. Wissa, Mbuemo, and Roberts. Uh, no, Roberts had two yells, my mistake, and then Gouda scored. So 3 0. Uh, 3 0. Wolves beat Bournemouth. Solanke actually put Bournemouth up 1 0, but they could not keep the lead. Cunha made it 1 1, and then Cook got sent off for a headbutt where Hawang is looking to go down. But again, you can't make the ref make a call. Like, I wish Hawang got sent off too for simulation because there's no way the force that was touched to his forehead made him fall like that, but you got to get a call. It is what it is, so I don't know. Uh, so Cook got sent off, and then Kolasinic, the winner for Wolves. Chelsea Arsenal, London Derby. Chelsea were on the front foot. Um, correct call on a pen. Palmer puts it home after he takes the ball from Sterling, and Sterling didn't look happy about it, and so I was like, no, he's the penalty taker. He takes him. So Palmer makes it 1-0. Then uh, Murdoch cross that is absolutely a cross miss hit beats Raya somehow I mean Raya had a horrible game um and then Sanchez let Arsenal back in the game horrendous clearance De give Declan Rice credit I mean he pounced on the ball and he struck it very well and he puts it in the side netting so he almost misses it but he struck it well he gets his side back into the game and then a um, good ball to the back post from Saka. Trossard finishes it. Brilliant, brilliant play by Trossard. Brilliant goal by, uh, brilliant assist from Saka. Odegaard went missing in this game. So if you're the Arsenal fan, you, like, you want your captain to play bigger in games for sure. Uh, Chelsea had a 2-0 lead at home. You, you can't let that slip away. I know Arsenal's a very good team. They play well from behind. They, they, they have a lot of substitutes that they could throw on. He threw on Havertz. He threw on Trossard. He threw on Smith-Rowe. Um, but that's a bad law. That's a bad draw for Chelsea. You, you go up two 0 in your own building. You should win the game. I'm sorry. You should win the game. You should win the game. Uh, good fight from Arsenal, even though they played horrendously in the first 45. Uh, Sheffield United, Manchester United, and the news broke that Sir Bobby Charlton had passed away ahead of this match. So, uh, rest in peace to him. Uh, a very iconic player in the history of the sport, especially in England, especially for Manchester United. A survivor of the Munich air tragedy. Um, and then a guy who went on to do so many things for England, for so many things for Manchester United. The the one of the stands is named after him at Old Trafford, so you know how big. And, and I I saw that video, and you could see how important it was to him and how emotional it was. It was very cool, very very cool. Um, so they honored him ahead of the match against Sheffield United at Bramwell Lane. Menu win it two one. McTominay, good goal, gave them the lead. Then he concedes a penalty. McBurnley makes it 1-1, and it's 1-1 for a long time. You're thinking, oh, what the hell's going to happen in this one? But Diego lot. brilliant, brilliant strike, brilliant goal for Manchester United, gets them the three points away from home. Villa-West Ham, Villa win it 4-1. Luis Brace, second was a penalty. Bowen brought West Ham back to make it 2-1, but an Ole Watkins goal and then a Leon Bailey golasso 
was the insurance goals that Villa needed. Villa playing very well. West Ham have a good team, and they'll get points, and they'll be hanging around, but uh, Villa are very good. And then Monday night football in England, Tottenham-Fulham. Tottenham win it 2-0, humming Sona goal, and then James Madison a goal. Tottenham go back to the top of the table in this moment for Big Ange. La Liga, Sevilla, Real Madrid drew 1-1. Carvajal, the goal for Real Madrid. Big moment with Vinicius coming up to Sevilla players and Ramos and then Rudiger. It was interesting, Ramos going up against his former club. Still the Viga, Atletico, Atletico win it. Griezmann, Penn, then two more for the hat trick. Barcelona beat Athletic 1-0. It was a 17-year-old debut. Uh, G-U-I-U. I don't know how to say that. Gui. Um, 17-year-old wins it for Barcelona against Athletic. That's pretty crazy. Syria, Napoli beat Hellas Verona's 3-1. Politano and Carvacelli, two goals there. Inter beat Turin, Taram, and Martinez. And Kalengalu from the spot, the goal scores. Lazio beat Sassuolo 2-0. Roma beat Monza. El Shari, 90th minute. Uh, winner against 10-man Monza. Mourinho gets sent off. He was doing the whining face to the Monza bench. The special one. He is the best, man. Uh, Atalanta beat Genoa 2-0. And AC Milan against Juventus. Juve win it 1-0. Tiao was sent off straight red. Locatelli, the goal. Red cars changed games, guys. We know that. Um, Pulisic got pulled for the defender that had to come on for AC Milan. Bundesliga. Dortmund beat Bremen 1-0. It was a Julian Brown goal. Uh, Rebel Leipzig beat Domsgaard 3-1. Leverkusen beat Wolfsburg. They continue to win games. Munich beat Mainz 3-1. Komen, Kane, Goretzka, the goal scorers. League 1, PSG beat Strasbourg 3-0. Mbappe on the score sheet. Nice beat Marseille 1-0. And Monaco beat Mainz 2-1. Uh, Champions League, match day three. Look ahead. Galatasaray, who beat United at home, now hosts Bayern. Bayern playing really good ball. That'll be an interesting game. I do expect Bayern to win. And menu at home against Copenhagen. Copenhagen's been tough. Copenhagen's been tough, but uh, it seems like the crisis before um, what we saw before this last international break, it seems like the crisis is over for United, so we'll see. Group B, Sevilla hosts Arsenal. Arsenal are going to need everything they can get in that one, that's for sure. That's a, that's a big game. Sevilla will want to shut them down and not let them get going at all. And they have Lens, PSG, the other match there. Braga hosts Real Madrid. If you're not familiar, Braga has stadium is like in the middle of a mountain. It's pretty cool. It's like carved into the mountain. So that'll be pretty cool to see. And Union Berlin hosts Napoli in that group. Inter hosts Salzburg. Benfica hosts Real Sociedad. So then those are Tuesday matches, Wednesday matches. Feyenoord hosts Lazio in the Netherlands. Celtic hosts Atletico. That'll be KG. KG at Celtic Park. The group of death, Paris hosting Milan. Dortmund in uh, England taking on Newcastle. Young Boys host City. Leipzig host Red Star, Belgrade, Barca. At home against Shakhtar and Porto travel to Antwerp. All right, that was footy. Let's recap. Sarai Pulaks and pick six. Two two horrific performances here. Sarai Pulaks one and two. We are 17-4 on the season. Buffalo and New England lost. I violated two rules, and I, I knew it. Seattle at home was a win. And San Francisco on the road, primetime game. It's, it is a rule violator, but I thought San Francisco had enough to win against Minnesota. Obviously not. So 1-2 and two in Sarai Pulaks, not very good. And then pick six in abysmal. 1-4-1. 18-23-1 on the season. Just not good. Uh, not good at all. It's just not good. Jacksonville, New Orleans under 40. I thought we had a chance with that game maybe being... Slow start for the Saints, and even if Jacksonville puts up points, they're going to control the game and not let the Saints score. That didn't happen. Um, so that was bad. Detroit plus three. Never had a chance. That was the wrong side. Okay. LA minus three. 17 10. I'm feeling all right there, to be fair. And then I think he missed another field goal, right? And then Warren scored, and then Najee Harris scored. So that was a tough one. This Charger Chiefs 48 push, it was 24-17 at halftime. And we barely got the push. So, that's a crime. That that should be investigated, that Chiefs-Charger game. Miami plus three. 17 up, I was feeling all right. 
and then um, didn't work out. Didn't work out. And then San Francisco, Minnesota, under 45, Monday night. Kind of lucky here because if San Francisco scores a touchdown, do I still win? Because it would have been 24 tw- I would have won. 24 tw- So, if anything else but a nine or touchdown there and another score, we're in trouble. But we find a way to win. So, that was the lone win. 1-4-1. One, and one. Yikes. We got to be better. 18-23-1. We are going to do a little more focus. I've been kind of just like, okay, I like that game. I like that. No, I got to I got to start, you know, locking in more. We got to look at we got to look at some more numbers, some analytics, some some models as they say, okay? All right. Um yeah, so not a good week for the pick segment. We'll try to be better Thursday, that's for sure. All right, before we get out of here, uh if you're going to see Killers of the Flower Moon, the new Martin Scorsese picture with Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, uh, Lily Gladstone, who I'll, I'll touch on in a second. If you're going to see that film and you don't want to have spoilers, shut the pot off right now. Uh, thank you for listening. I will talk to you guys on Thursday. If you're going to see Killers of the Flower Moon, shut the pot off right now. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. Spoilers are already coming. Okay. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon. I thought it was an excellent film. I thought it was a very, very good film. I have Oppie slightly ahead of it. Um, I I just, I just do. I don't really know how to explain it. I just have Oppie, um, ahead of it. Okay. What a story. Uh, as someone who's not familiar with the Osage, um, you know, I do love history, specifically war history. So this isn't really necessarily up my alley, but it is U.S. history, history of this country, um, about expanding West and moving the, the natives along and then, you know, they find the oil. So what an outstanding, outstanding place and time period of history that this movie takes place in, that this that these events take place in. Um, it's it's very sad that in this day and age we can't have a movie and people have, it's woke, it's white people are ba-. Like, just watch the movie, man. Not everything has to be that. Just... Just watch the movie and learn something. Get educated about something you were not educated on. Like people be like, "Um, I wasn't a part of this. Why do I have to feel bad?" Like it's not about feeling bad. It's about just educating yourself and and understanding things more and more. Like I don't know. It's just for me. I thought it was an unbelievable story. It's a well-told story in this three hours. I know it's long. It is kind of long, but it's it's long for a reason. So. The dynamic of Leo Leonardo DiCaprio's character, uh, Ernest, loving uh, Molly, Lily Gladstone's character, while his uncle Robert De Niro is basically saying, hey, like we got to get this money from these Native Americans. They don't have a clue about what's going on, okay? Um, it was very, very interesting because he loves his wife, but he's also trying to eliminate her family, then eventually eliminate her to get the money. Like, it's... It's very, very evil, and it's evil that is born from malice, but then it's carried out by ignorance. So it was a very, very compelling story and a very interesting time period. And Scorsese does a great job of setting it up, like with that first scene of like white people picking up Native Americans and driving them, and then. You know, a bunch of white people getting off a train and hopping into a truck to go work at an oil rig or whatever. It's just, oh, it's like backwards. It's, it's very interesting in that the way Scorsese filmed it. Um, I was thinking, like, are there scenes that you could take? No, I don't think so. I thought it was all meaningful. I thought it was all compelling. I thought it was all necessary. Um, the world building and the character development. And I thought the epilogue was a very interesting way to end the film. And then you had the great shot with the Osage drum circle, which I thought was very, very poignant. Um, how he opened the film with himself, just like, I hope you enjoy the picture, all that kind of stuff I thought was cool. And then I liked how, even though Marty gets to tell the story, even though it's a Hollywood story, it started with the natives burying their peace pipe, one of the peace pipes that signify their culture, and then the ending of the drum circle, that even though it's not necessarily them telling their entire story, 
from their point of view, they still get to bookend this story. And I thought the direction was brilliant. I thought the acting was very strong. Leo was very great. I thought it was one of his better performances. This Lily Gladstone, I, I really hope she can get written into a lot more things because I thought she was outstanding. The the feral screams of her getting the news of her family dying. Like, amazing, amazing acting and, and just a brilliant, brilliant performance. And De Niro was just so evil. It was it was a great performance. Jesse Plemons as the Bureau of Investigation Officer. Like, originally, if you're not familiar, guys, the movie is basically off the book, which is a three-part book of the first part is, I believe, the Molly Walker kind of recollection of events. The second part is when the FBI or the BOI get to um, uh, Fairfax. And then the third part is the author himself kind of investigating his own. So Marty was he, – he's, he's been interviewed and said, I don't know how – what's the ending? or So he examined the book, and originally it was supposed to be Leo was supposed to be the FBI guy coming in. And doing the investigating, and that's when the movie started. But instead, he kind of changed it and said, no, Leo has to be this earnest, earnest um, person, and he has to show the dynamic between him loving his wife and then also trying to murder her entire family for the money. So I thought the acting was incredible. Um, I thought the, the film was incredible. I thought it, it's, for me, you know, I've seen a lot of Marty movies, Departed, Casino, Goodfellas. Um, I've seen a lot of his movies. Wolf of Wall Street is amazing. This was really, really good. And if Oppie doesn't come out this year, it's my best picture, considering I've only seen two pictures. But um, I thought it was really, really good. Really, really good. Now, what I'm also going to get to, and what I kind of – talked about at the beginning of the show the behaviors of people in, in public um the guy next to me was just smelled like use some deodorant man number one um uh, number two we had phone alarms going off we had phone ringers going off we had two people in my showing on a six thirty on a friday night actually answer their phones in the middle of the picture and, and have converse and say hello Oh, I'm in the movies right now. I can't talk. What's up? Are you kidding me? We had people on their phones, and I understand, um, you know, you got to check the time. It's a three-hour movie. Fine. Check the time. Put your phone away, right? But then we have to have another person who thinks she's the main character of planet Earth, and it's her duty to step up and yell because in the middle of Leo getting interrogated, I got to hear from my left – Excuse me, can everyone put their phones away? The texting is distracting. Like, lady. You're part of the problem too. Shut up. Like, what did you think was going to... We were all going to like stand up and be like, yes, thank you woman in the last row all the way in the corner of the movie theater. Thank you so much for standing up to these horrible people that have their phones. Shut up, lady. I agree with you, but just shut up. So we got to have a public f f shamings or ban. Like th this cannot like and I get it. You know, we were in our houses for so long during the lockdown. People forgot how to act. Listen, there's a lot of people that I'm sure want to go back to that where they don't have to leave their home. Fine. Then don't leave your home. Don't come to the movie theaters on a Friday night if you're going to act like that. If you're going to answer your phone. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Honestly. So, I don't know. I just, I'm I'm so, like, I, I want to go see Napoleon. Um, but I might just go back to matinees exclusively because it was a scene, man. And also, like, I love Taylor Swift. Everybody knows I like Taylor Swift. Why are they playing the Taylor Swift movie at the same start time right next to us while the silence of the storm is going on? I got to hear love story uh, word for word and the little girl screaming in the other theater. So let's just do a better job. Everybody take a little more pride in their jobs. In their, let's have everybody have a little more self-awareness. I think the guy yelling at me in the healthy debate chat today. What the hell is your problem? Like, that's what you do all day? <sighs> God bless. All right. 
So um, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. And uh, I appreciate you. So we'll talk to you Thursday with an NFL Week 8 preview, a college football Week 9 preview, a weekend soccer preview. Look forward to a match day three Champions League recap. I'm sure we'll talk some World Series finally with some Game 7s happening on the, early in this week. So we'll touch on all that and more on Thursday's show. Try to get back right for uh, Pick 6 as well as we know. All right. Everybody have a great week. I will talk to you Thursday. Until then, peace. Football, football, and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.